Welcome to the KPMG Tax Now podcast. In this podcast, we explore some of the more complex matters across tax, economics, regulation, and compliance. Each month, we meet with KPMG's foremost experts and other special guests to unpack key issues faced by taxpayers around the globe. Hello and welcome to KPMG's Budget Podcast. I'm Ali Alum, the Tax Policy Lead for KPMG Australia, and joining me is Clive Bird, a partner in our enterprise team. I'll start off with some reflections on this year's budget. Unemployment is at record low levels, um, expected to reach 3.75% in the September quarter of 2022, um, and this is likely to trigger a surge in wage growth. Tonight's budget also confirmed the budget positive impact of a stronger economic recovery. And so together with a sizable tailwind from elevated commodity prices, the underlying cash balance is now expected to come in at around 80 billion, or 3.5% of GDP in 2021 to 2022. The government's chosen to use most of this windfall to help ease the cost of living pressures um, with a modest improvement in the deficit to $78 billion. Um, projected for 2022 to 23. Um, so this is expected to ex- ease some of the pain of projected inflation of four and a quarter percent this year. The budget's not expected to hit surplus during the forward estimate period or even the medium term forecast, but the deficit is projected a halve to 1.6% of GDP by 2025 to 26. And I think it's fair to say that the um, budget was light on measures that was affect significant budget repair over the medium term with no major tax reforms included this year. Um, But that's not probably not that unusual for a budget preceding the federal election. So Clive, what was your reaction to this year's federal budget? Well, thanks very much, Alia. Um, Firstly, I thought it was a very friendly budget in the sense that uh, there were no new taxes, no tax increases and no nasty surprises. Uh, and as you mentioned, um, perhaps not su- not surprising, uh, given that this is an election year. Secondly, I thought there were some really timely measures earlier in terms of addressing some of the cost of living impacts that we've seen in recent times. Increases in tax offsets for low and middle income earners, um, a one-off payment to low income earners, and the fuel duty savings, uh, all of which will have a big impact in easing some of those uh, rising costs of uh, food and fuel that would have um, been particularly felt in some of those middle and lower income earners. So I think that's a great move uh, by the government and good to see that. And then we had um, some measures targeting growth and innovation, um, once again, timely. Um, I might have liked to have seen a little bit more there, uh, but nonetheless, there were some good measures targeting um, targeting growth and uh, and innovation. And what did you see as some of the key tax measures announced, particularly from a mid-market growth perspective? Uh, so I liked, um, I liked the, uh, the training tax concession and the digital technology tax concession. There's a 120% um, tax concession has been announced for uh, training where employers who train their employees with Australian registered training organisations can get uh, a 120% deduction. Uh, And there's a similar 120% deduction for investment in digital technology, whether that's cloud-based or cybersecurity or portable payment devices and so on. Um, Taxpayers can get a 120% deduction for uh, those digital technology investments. So I thought that they were good measures. 
Um, also, there's uh, patent box uh, measures that um, extend into the agricultural sector, the low emissions technology uh, space, uh, which provide a 17% tax rate from 1 July 2023. Um, there's also some uh, extension of um, patent box arrangements for medical and biotech innovation, uh, which is good to see as well. Uh, we also saw some um, employee share scheme measures, albeit that they'd been announced previously, uh, but they extend employee ownership participation, which I think is a good thing for growth. They provide some opportunities for employees to participate in ownership of unlisted companies, including um, some larger amounts where those unlisted companies are likely to um, sell or list. So uh, giving employees greater opportunity to participate in ownership in that way, I think is, is a great thing in terms of um, encouraging growth and innovation. Uh, and importantly, we saw some uh, measures around national skills programs and uh, incentive programs to fund uh, apprenticeships. Uh, including $1.3 billion over five years for apprenticeships. And the reason I mention that is that um, in our pre-budget pulse survey, 69% uh, of our respondents uh, quoted recruiting and retaining people as a key challenge in their business. And so uh, good to see the government recognising that and pushing into that space. Yeah, it's a real mix of stuff there, um, but it all seems to be moving in the right direction. Last week, there were a number of measures announced to assist small businesses with cash flow via the PAYG system, as well as the digitisation of some administrative obligations. Do you think these will have much impact on business? Um, I don't think they'll have a huge impact in fairness, Alia. Um, there's a measure that, um, that, that changes the rate of increase on PAYG instalments to 2% instead of 10 under the statutory formula method. Um, and there's some measures to use accounting software so that PAYG instalments um, map financial performance more closely. Um, that should reduce some administration and, and introduce some technology. Uh, but at the same time, I don't see it as a game changer, um, in particular because taxpayers are already able to base their instalments off their forecast instalment income in any case. So I see these as, uh, as useful measures, but, um, but not something that's going to have a significant impact, I wouldn't say. The budget also announced a two-year extension to the ATO's tax avoidance task force. Clive, in your view, are taxpayers well prepared for this? Yeah, this is an interesting one, Alia. Um, we saw the, um, the tax office uh, really leave taxpayers largely alone throughout COVID. For almost two years, they um, they really pressed the pause button on audit activity, uh, but we've since seen them come out with a lot of energy. So they're pushing hard into their top 500 program, their next 5,000 program. Um, recently, they've uh, come out with some really wide reaching announcements in relation to trust distribution arrangements. Uh, and we're seeing the ATO have a really high expectation on mid-market groups to have um, really detailed, comprehensive documentation on tax governance and tax risk management. Uh, when we did our pre-budget pulse survey, we found that 60% of our mid-market respondents uh, were concerned about the level of ATO review, uh, and only one third say that they have uh, documented tax governance frameworks in place. Uh, so we're coming into a time where we're seeing the ATO uh, really pushing hard into that review space um, 
across uh, not just multinationals, but really pushing hard into the mid-market and high net worth um, spaces. And we know that the ATO is looking really hard at um, trust distribution arrangements, loan arrangements, private assets acquired within group structures, international activities and tax governance, as I mentioned. Uh, so my view is that um, mid-market taxpayers would be well advised to take that really seriously and to really make sure that they are well prepared. Uh, I think that um, there'd be many groups that, that would be advised to, um, to perhaps do more and really make sure that they do have their tax governance documentation in place and that those risk areas are covered off uh, because I, I think I'm seeing as much review activity from the ATO as I've ever seen earlier. Yeah, looks like it's going to be a busy year. Mm. Um, another measure that we were very pleased to see in the budget was um, some of the changes to the government's paid parental leave scheme. Um, so that what was announced tonight aligned with a lot of the recommendations that KPMG made in their report released last year together with the Business Council of Australia. Um, and that looked to even out um, the 20 weeks pay parental leave scheme between um, both parents in a more equal way, as well as looking at the eligibility thresholds based on family income rather than on just the primary care income. What do you think this will mean for increasing workforce participation for women? Uh, look, I thought that was a great initiative, Alia. Um, anything that can uh, be introduced to just continue to reduce those barriers to participation for talented women, um, to assist in increasing gender equality, uh, to assist in uh, encouraging uh, women back into the workforce and to really create greater and greater opportunity there. I think that's all very welcome. So I think um, that will be uh, a really good measure uh, that will have an impact. And I was really pleased to, um, to see that there. And Clive, what were you hoping would be in the budget, which wasn't in there? Uh, we had earlier expected to see something on temporary full expensing. Um, temporary full expensing was... Um, was very popular uh, measure with taxpayers throughout COVID. And basically it allows um, taxpayers to claim an immediate deduction for the cost of eligible plant and equipment. Um, and that has been extended through to June, 2023. So we do have another year of it. Um, but as you can imagine, it's a good measure for, um, for growth in the sense that it, it does encourage investment. Uh, and from that perspective, we, we had thought that we might see something um, that, that gives some further extension to that beyond 2023. Uh, also, I think, um, you know, as we've both mentioned there, there wasn't anything in the way of any um, fundamental tax reform. Um, and perhaps that's not surprising in an election year. But there was nothing from a simplification perspective. Australia certainly does have a very complex tax system. Uh, and there was uh, nothing that would um, help simplify that at all, uh, and nothing that helps shift the dial away from income tax a bit towards consumption. Uh, we're a, um, a tax system that, that taxes income very heavily and, and consumption less so, and over time I think it would be helpful to uh, bring a bit more emphasis to, some, to consumption taxes and to, to then be able to offer some tax savings in the, in the personal tax and corporate tax spaces. Um, so we, we haven't seen any of that. Um, it was good that we saw um, some measures around, um, you know, growth and innovation that I talked about. Um, I'd perhaps like to see more. You know, I'm conscious that we've got 
greater government debt than we've had in the past because of COVID. And, uh, and certainly we see our client base saying that they don't want that government debt paid back through um, tax increases or spending cuts. They, they want that uh, paid back through productivity gains. And so it would be great to, um, to see more in the R&D space, uh, more temporary full expensing, um, ongoing support for startups, um, greater tax concessions for innovation. And so I say, as I said, there certainly was some of that in the budget, um, but I'd love to see um, more on an ongoing basis for the years ahead to really encourage that growth. Well, thanks for your insights, Clive. Um, that's been great. So for our listeners, uh, please visit our website for the budget brief, um, which will be released in stages during the course of the night. Good night. Thanks for listening to another episode of the KPMG Tax Now podcast. If you'd like to ask us a question, please send us an email at kpmgtaxnow at kpmg.com.au. Be sure to subscribe at kpmg.com forward slash au forward slash tax now or follow our LinkedIn page, KPMG Tax Now Insights. That's all for now. We look forward to sharing more insights with you soon.